This episode is brought to you by Recession Proof Your Life, my newest mighty mini course replete with my best tips and implementable tools to build a financial life that is recession proof. Check it out at yaeltrush.com forward slash recession proof. That's yaeltrush.com forward slash recession proof. Jewish Money Matters episode 282, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to another Ask Yael Friday. Lots of good questions today. I hope everybody had a very special Rosh Hashanah and is making the most of this time of year between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. I I did I, I did have a great Rosh Hashanah. And, um, you know, I'm thinking I, this, this is a time of year that there's not much headspace for the mundane, right? For like work stuff. I mean, we do it. Of course we do it. It's not holiday every day, but I don't know. It, it's not with the same oomph, you know, because the focus is just elsewhere. I know we're here, at least uh, we're planning Sukkot guests and parties in our Sukkah, etc. And also if you're in the business in the online space, I should say in business or even business in general, but I think this is particularly pervasive in the online space. There's this pressure to slay the fourth quarter of the year to crush it. It's like push, push, push. This is a time to the finish line. And it's like, wait, 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 (laughs) not for me. I have an entire month that's kind of off really. Tishrei is like an island in time and for good reason, right? We'll come into Cheshvan and then it'll be all that. So yeah, we do some work here and there when it's not a holiday, which is, you know, not too, too many days. But but much of our mental space and our time is consumed by what needs to be happening this month, right? The holidays. So, you know, and hopefully that also includes added prayer. Um, I know that's a really big part of me, my, my time these days since Elul. <laughs> I'm trying to be really good. Anyway, all that to say that if you're feeling the pressure and hearing the noise, tune it out because really... Where you are is where you need to be. God can make your fourth quarter amazing, financially amazing, and taking off Tishrei will not impact your fourth quarter financial results. One iota. Our service, I, I'll remind you of this, really, because it does need to be said, and we've covered this. Those of you who've learned Bitachon with me, um, our service is never going to be in conflict with our livelihood. And I think that's an important idea that we as Jews living in a non-Jewish world need to remember, and it takes constant reminder, we don't hold by the laws of nature that say, if you work more hours, more time, you make more. We hold by spiritual laws that say, make your spiritual vessels and everything else will flow into them, right? The same God who asks you to keep certain mitzvot and enjoy certain times is the one in charge of sending you the material blessings you need for your last quarter of the year. Hey, for your entire year, right? So, okay, so that's my little bitachon boost for you if you're if you're kind of feeling that pressure. Uh, speaking of bitachon boost, I, I, I've really been wanting to run a bitachon boost again, even, I don't know, bigger and better than the one I ran two years ago, which I thought was awesome. We had a great turnout and it was great, but I'm feeling like, that I need to do this again. Any thoughts here? You see, see, I have these ideas during this time of year, but then again, I can't really move into execution mode because I'm pulled into what's needed right now, right? The call of the hour, the holidays. People on my team like laugh because not everybody's Jewish in my team. So it's like, yeah, but you know, kind of a lot of us are. So we're, we're trying to kind of keep it chilled around here. All right. And, and that's really, 
that's really all for good. All right. So I'm saying all of this to you as, and to myself, really. So a lot of, because again, if you're in the online space, you probably know what I'm talking about. Okay. So speaking of that, I do get a lot of emails, people asking me, when are the doors to God want you to be rich um, opening? When is it launching? And it's definitely not launching in Tishrei. I never launch in the summer. Um, I shouldn't say never. We did have one time a launch in Spanish. That was, uh, no, it was, it was the way Tishrei fell out. It was different. But anyway, I try not to launch in the summer and I for sure never launch on in Tishrei. Um, this really only happens towards the end of the year. That's really where I try to launch. Um, but please do get on the wait list. This is an incredible 10 week and you want to be in it. So yeah, forward slash wait list so that you know exactly when that's happening. Uh, it's important to get on that wait list. Um, there might be some additional stuff that you might get for being on that wait list. Uh, hint tint. <laughs> and also, I I also should say, because you probably know this, but I will mention it again, that I do have a much shorter program right now. It's not really a program. It's a mini course. Um, it's not live, but it does have a live component. It's a mini course, which can really set you up very, very well with the fundamentals. Um, it's not as deep as God wants you to be rich. And I can, like I said, it's not live, but it's an excellent start to getting your financial house in order and has amazing resources, resources that we even use and God wants you to be rich. And of, of course, it is way, way, way more accessible. It's only $27, guys. And um, for that price, not only do you get the mini course and the resources, but you also get two live group calls with me, which um, they're fun. So, it, you know, and you can ask me all your questions on the pro on the course. So if you're really looking to get started managing your money better, especially in this economic climate in the, you know, i.e. recession, even though some people are not calling it that. Um, but yeah, if this is kind of like kind of, signaling to you that it's time to take a little bit more ownership over this area of your life, please head over to yeltrush.com forward slash recession proof um, and sign up there. Join us there. And if you do, I look forward to seeing you on our call on October 24th. Uh, so that's definitely enough time to go through the modules. They're pretty short. Again, it's a mini course. It's, it's for something that you can really kind of really accessible. I try to keep it very bite-sized and you could start perhaps even taking bite-sized steps in, in implementation. So that's always really good. Um, and again, you know, you could take it one step at a time, really bite-sized. So join in and bring in your questions on October 24th. That's yeltrush.com forward slash recession proof. All right. Speaking of recessions and inflation and all that good stuff, let me just share something before we tackle today's question, something really beautiful related to this time of year that I just read in Lubavitch International of all places, which is a great publication, by the way. And it was referring to one of the verses that we say during the Yom Kippur service, specifically during the Avodah and during when we talk about the service of the Kohen Gadol, of the um, high priest in the Musaf of Yom Kippur. So in the Musaf of Yom Kippur, when we talk about in that portion, it says the following. It says, may it be your will that this year be a year of affordable prices, a year of commerce, and a year of satisfaction, of satiation. I don't even know how to pronounce that word. Somebody help me. Okay. It's a year of affordable prices, a year of commerce, and a year of satiation. And this is you know, just to give you context, it's among other blessings that the Kohen Gadol would bless the people with when he came out of the Holy of Holies at the conclusion of his avoda, of his service of Yom Kippur. And as I was saying, this piece that I read, it's quite apropos to the economically uncertain times, which we're in now, of course. But actually, I should clarify, um, 
we're always an economically and economic is it economically uncertain today i can't speak evidently economically uncertain times <laughs> we just think we're not right we take the you know we take some security in the facade of stability and prosperity but a person of trust of bitajon knows that the uncertainty is always there that none of the you know the bank accounts and the you know kind of the clients and all the things and the the stock market doing great and you know the prices being low none of that really provides real security okay but let me just move on to my point so yes in in a, in a time where people are feeling a little bit more pressured let's say like now but i just wanted to clarify that it's it's always like that it's all a facade okay but in a time like let, let me just get to the point of this piece it says and here they're quoting Rabbi Tzvi Elimelech Shapiro, who says Hasidic master from the 19th century. It talks about how he explains that although we pray that there should be low prices in the coming year, we also add, like you just heard me say, that it should be a year of cessation, meaning of prosperity and abundance. As the Talmud says, in uh, even if prices are low, if there's no money, people can still starve, right? The prices could be rock bottom, but if people don't have money, they could still starve. So yes, the prices should be low um, from the perspective of the consumer, but we add that we should still have till satiation in abundance. Moreover, we pray for commerce. So there's also the perspective of, of us as business owners, right? So we're praying that yes, the prices drop for the consumer while business stays strong for the merchant, for the business person. That even though with you know deflation, so to speak, with low prices, business is still strong, right? So also on the other point of that is that we're, we're praying that we're enjoy economic growth without the impact of inflation on the consumer side. So... I thought this was really, really nice to read and really, really nice. Again, we're praying for things that might seem, you know, kind of um, contrary to nature, right? And, and impossible, but all of it is possible. Um, God can give us a great year of prosperity and also, you know, low prices. It could benefit everybody, right? Um, it's not because it's a, everybody can gain here. And I think that's, you know, kind of like we have to keep that Jewish perspective always and, you know, in order to keep our head above water. All right, so let's go to the iTunes review section, please. And this person who left a review will win a 20 minute call with me. And this review was left September 15th, not long ago. Her Apple podcast or iTunes name is Pike. Uh, I don't know, P-A-Y-Q-E. Q-U-E. <laughs> and she's referring actually, before I read you her episode, her, her review, she's referring to the episode with Colette Brown, episode 278, which I really, really enjoyed. I hope you did too. And she says the following, she says, informative. I wanted to say that the podcast was very informative. The functional medicine is something that I did not know about no, that I didn't know much about. I learned about advocating for ourselves to be better physically and in our spiritual life in service to Hashem. So thank you. Thank you. P-A-Y-Q-U-E. Pike? Pike? I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, be in touch with me at yaltrush.com or send me a DM and we'll connect. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you so much for that review. And, and to say, you know what? You guys can leave reviews on specific episodes just like this person did. And that's all good. And please do. All right. So let's get to the mailbag. Our first question comes from Lily inside the Jewish Money Matters Facebook group. And she says, 
what is reasonable to spend on the holidays? <laughs> okay, Lily, that's the question of the hour, isn't it? <laughs> All right, so yes, Tishray holidays demand uh, an investment, a financial investment, right? Mitzvahs, mitzvot in general are a financial investment, a worthwhile financial investment. Definitely, um, definitely worthwhile, but definitely something that we feel in terms of our dollars and cents in our wallets, right? And so as much as I wish I could give you an answer, the truth is, and you probably know this intuitively, you probably know that I can't really give you an answer. No one can give you an an- that answer because it really depends on you, on your family and, and what you value. Let me just break it like this. There are so many options here in terms of the ways that we can spend money this time of year. There are some things that we kind of have to, right? Like you have to have, I don't know, a Lula and an Etrog, right? Uh, you know, but, but, but there's, there's just so much. There's, you know, some of the many ways that you can spend. There's obviously the Lula and the Etrog. There's the holiday seating, let's say for the high holidays, right? Seats for you, your kids, you know, however it works in your community. There's donations, helping those who need. There's building a sukkah or repairing our sukkah, right? If it needs to be repaired or if it needs to be rebuilt or built or bought for the first time. I don't know. Everybody it depends. There's food. There's even more food if we're having more guests or a lot of parties during Simchas Beis Hashueva and during Cholamoed. Alcohol, perhaps. There's paper goods if you use those. There's maybe extra platters if you need. I mean, there's clothing or shoes for yourself, for members of your family. You know, who wants clothing? Who needs clothing, right? There's cleaning help that you might want or you might need, um, depending on what's going on. There's hair, wigs, there's manicures, pedicures, or whatever else you need to help you feel good and rested, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? There's so much. So, what I would say is when you look at all those ways that you can spend, really, it's up to you every year to decide, what am I spending on this year? You know, I find that there's an average that is spent on food and paper goods each year if you use paper goods. And yes, I'll raise my hand and I'll admit that I do use paper goods and Sukkot. Don't tell Rebecca Saltzman, but I do. <laughs> Can't make myself crazy. And, and maybe... Um, maybe, you know, also Lulav and Estrog and seating and let's say cleaning help. Like those are kind of like baselines or averages, right? They're sort of fixed. But then there's flexibility in so many of the other areas that I mentioned. Like, are we throwing parties, like I said, on Cholamoed and buying alcohol? And are we hosting? Are we hosting every meal with guests or just a few of the meals? And if we are, then are we going to be okay with doing that in lieu of buying new clothes for myself or for someone else in the family this year? What I'm saying is I think you need to look at all the options because there are many ways to spend money during this time of year and look at your financial situation and say, okay, I value this more than that today, right now. So I'm willing to do a trade-off here. Like for example, some years I really, really want new clothes for the holiday and I probably really need it too, right? I mean, need is a, is it really a need? But there might be a real need, right? Some years like this one, I mean, it would be nice to have new clothes, but honestly, I don't really need it. And I 
just actually went into my closet and I shopped inside my closet. I really realized that I don't need it. Uh, but on the other hand, what I really wanted to do this year is have a lot of people in Sukkot. I think it's important for our family, for the stage in our family, our kids are out of town, they're back in town, whatever it is. That's kind of like a thing that we're doing this year. So yes, I might say, I might want to buy, let's say, you know, somebody told me they want to buy a new wig, right? Yeah, great. But do I have to buy it right now? Well, I don't know. I don't know about every person, right? For, for me, for example, not really. I mean, it could wait. It would be nice, but it can wait because right now there are other things that would make my holiday time more meaningful, let's say, right? Um, when I step back and look at all the other options, that's why I say, look at all the options. And I feel like when you look at them and you decide, okay, what, what is kind of like the mood this year and the situation this year, what do we really want to invest in this year beyond the baselines? Obviously we have the baseline. We have to cover certain amount of basic food and certain amount of, you know, on the Lula Van Estrog and the Sukkah and right, right. Um, but then there's things that maybe can wait or that maybe they, they, they suggest that we can do a trade-off and we can spend elsewhere. So I really encourage you to look at it from that perspective, from the perspective of what feels intentional this year, like what is going to make you feel like it was a great yum tough period, a great holiday period. And what is like super extra, right? There are things that you can't do without, like I said, you can't do without the challah, the wine, the chicken or the meat or the lulav and the ester, the sukkah. But do you really need the mega decorations in the sukkah, right? Do we really have to go to the store and go all out? Some years we might, because that we might be in that mood or that's what kind of like it's needed for the family and that's okay. But then it might mean that a new dress is not needed or, but it might be a year where a new dress will make you feel amazing, right? So for whatever reason, you trade off the mega sukkah decorations for the dress or the dresses, right? I hope this makes sense. Um, it's not easy, um, but I, I think when we start looking at it, it, it kind of, it, I hope it's helpful. Um, it, on the other hand, you, you know, you might want to have a quieter holiday season because that's what's needed for your family right now and not a lot of guests, right? So which might mean that you can maybe spend in other areas of the holiday. Maybe you can up your charity during the holiday if you wanted to. So really it has to do with the values of your family um, more than anything. So I encourage you to look at all the possibilities and the options and then look at what you're valuing most at this current time, whatever is of value and makes sense for you and your family. Um, for example, I'll tell you an example. It just, this just happened. We have a portion of our fence that recently fell down and there was this back and forth between the neighborhood association and us as to who's responsible for repairing the, the fence. And really based on precedent, it should be on them, <laughs> but they're not budging and they don't want to pay for it. So it turns out that one of the things we're doing this year is we're hosting a lot of people this sukkah and a lot of people with little children, which is not every year is not doesn't turn out to be like that. Well, a broken fence in our backyard where the sukkah is, is not a good idea. It must be repaired no matter what. So that's an expense. Is it really a sukkah's expense? No, but it's an expense. But like I said, I'm totally cool this year with shopping in my own closet and even for my children, they really didn't need anything this year. So it wasn't like we bought anything new for them this year. Again, somebody might look at that and say, no, my kids need something new. Every Again, that depends on your family, right? You have to make those choices. Um, they have plenty. I have plenty. It would be a nice add-on. It would be a nice extra. Everybody could have new clothes, but it's not needed. There are other things that we felt like we need before more. Like we want to have these 
parties that we're having. We want to have all these guests. And yeah, we want to repair the fence because there's no way that we can have the tranquility and the peace of mind of having a lot of people, a lot of families here and little kids running around um, if there's a problems with our fence, right? Um, so that's kind of like, I guess, the thought process, right? Um, and again, I do understand that this year, of course, everything is more expensive. So thinking through, okay, since I'm going to be spending a lot anyway, then what do I really want to be spending in on, right? How, and you know, again, going back to that intentionality, um, what right now feels like will be the most meaningful and most memorable for me and my family. So I hope that helps you think through this. Another thing that I do suggest, and I've mentioned this several times on the show, is to keep an accounting so that you have those averages. So do you have that benchmark? Keep a spreadsheet. And I know that we talked about it a little bit with um, Rebecca Saltzman recently on the episode. Keeping a spreadsheet of how much does Tishrei cost in your family so that you have a benchmark that you can always go back to and refer to. I mean, ideally, and I've done this many years, you can even have that money set aside in a separate savings account waiting for you. And this is wonderful if you can have an amount that you need, that you know, I'm sorry, that you know is needed for Yuntov, say $1,000, $2,000, $5,000. Again, based on the size of your family, there's going to be a certain average in terms of, again, the shul seats, I mean, a synagogue seating, the lulav and the etrog, and the, in terms of the food, right? So there's going to be a certain number that now you're going to know. Of course, there are add-ons. I know every year there are different add-ons depending on what the different trade-offs we make but I will keep I would keep track of it all so that now I know how much did Tishrei cost me and what's going to be that reasonable baseline number or average number for me to expect to spend next year and to have a budget you know to work with this year and within what to you know with uh, parameters to make those trade-offs right so I think it's a good exercise if you've never done it to try to do it don't try to say well that's unreasonable for my family that's reasonable for my family it again it's so individual no you can't compare yourself to another family okay I will add another additional concept that I learned years ago which I find extremely helpful and this is the idea that what we spend on Shabbat is not really on our account it's really coming from God's checkbook so to speak and what we spend spend on Tishrei also. And I'm going to do a full mini sode on this, but I think at least sharing with you the fact that we can have that perspective, we should try to have that perspective of, listen, whatever I'm doing to enhance the yunt of the holiday again for my family, for the joyful environment in my family and to serve God with joy and with beauty, not to impress people, right? I'm not doing this for others. I'm doing this for the service, like what, what is it really that I want to achieve here in terms of if I'm really honest, right? And this is an important point. It's not about doing, you know, for others in terms of impressing others. So what is, what is the call of the hour? What is, what is the duty? What is me being of service of God and fulfilling the mitzvah in the best, most beautiful way with the reality that I have right now in terms of whatever is going on in my family, both emotionally, financially, and all the things, right? Um, so th- th- it's it's all on God's checkbook. When I do that analysis and I say, okay, listen, this is what's going to, history is going to be in our family right now, knowing that that's really on God's checkbook as well. So do keep that in mind so that you can approach this again, with intentionality, but not limit yourself to the point that you don't even feel you're enjoying the holiday. It's not about deprivation here. It's about intention, right? And again, we go back to that episode with Lily um, 
Lily Aronin, where we talked about this it was a beautiful concept. So remember that God wants you to enjoy and that God has a checkbook for this. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not giving you permission to be reckless here. I'm telling you to be intentional and honest with your choices and see it all as part of serving God with joy and gladness of heart. Okay, so that was a long answer. Sorry, but I hope it's helpful. Next up, Emily asks on Instagram, how do we tithe 20% and save? Anything extra we have goes to tzedakah, hard to get ahead. Okay, Emily, so this is a very important question. So my first question for you is, why are you giving 20%? I mean, I'm all for the 20%. I'm a 20%er, as my husband likes to call me. But I just want to make sure that you know that your obligation of Meister is 10%. That's a big difference, right? Now, if you have a certain savings goal, let's say that goal was for Tishrei, for example, like we just talked about, or for Nisan, for Pesach, or for a bar mitzvah, or for a wedding, or you know, a trip, or whatever it is, and you feel like you're not making headway, and you see that, you're, or even if it's your opportunity fund, let's say, whatever, and, and you're not making headway, let's say, and you see that you're giving 20%, then perhaps you can lower that to 10% or something in the middle, right, for some time. Uh, and I will admit that it is always hard for me to say this because how can I tell somebody not to give, right? Especially this time of year. But I'm just, I just want to make sure that you're cognizant of that. And and when I talk about this time of year, let me just clarify that I'm referring that this is a time of year that w- when we do give and, and hopefully we go above and beyond our level of comfort of giving, whether that be 10 or 20%, we say, okay, I fulfilled this minimum obligation for last year, but here's here's where I'm going above and beyond that, right? And we do that in Elul. And we also can do it during the 10 days of repentance in which we are now. We can get now give, let's say ahead of even having that income. I mean, we can always do that. But this is a good time of year to do that because we trust that we will have that income, right? So you say that anything extra you have goes to tzedakah. And I think you mean Miser um, because I am assuming that you give that 20% and I don't know that on top of that, you're not giving more. Perhaps you are, and I'm never going to say that's a bad thing, but I just want to make sure that it's, that again, you're, you understand that anything above 10% or 20% of your after-tax income, if that's your minimum, whatever your minimum MISER number is, anything above that is considered tzedakah. So 10 to 20% is the minimum MISER obligation that everyone has. And anything above that is considered tzedakah. And I shouldn't say everyone. Everyone has a minimum of 10%. Above 10%, we go up to 20. And 20% is for the wealthy. And anybody who's ultra wealthy should definitely be giving more. So just bear that in mind. Now, so a few things um, that I think could be very helpful is number one, if you start keeping track of how much you're giving, uh, this is always a time of year that we commit to this. We commit to our miser for the year and we try to keep it scrupulously. So maybe try to commit to that and make sure that you are doing that with a spreadsheet um, really, really scrupulously and uh, carefully. Maybe it's a better word. Yeah. And, and another thing is that if you're doing your tracking and you see that you just can't do 20% at the moment, then perhaps like I said, maybe it's time to move down to 10% or to somewhere in between. Um, and then one last thing is regarding the way we save. You just make sure that just like you're tithing first, that you're saving something right away. Don't expect to wait till the end of the month, let's say, to come up with money to save because most likely you won't. So take care of those two things first or first and second, I should say, giving 
the tithing being the first one. So maybe you come, maybe you realize that what you need to be doing is giving away 10% in MISER, which is your minimum, and then putting aside 10% in savings or some, something like that. Right. But again, um, just, I want to make sure that you're trying to you know, put again those savings in early on right away. And that's not to say that we're not going to tap into the savings. That's a whole different episode, but even putting it in the context of this year, okay, some people will dip into their savings cushion and give above and beyond their maestro minimum. They give tzedakah. They're dipping into their savings to give tzedakah. So I'm not saying you need to do that, but I'm just saying this is a time of year when we try to go above and beyond. Um, so let's try to keep to that miser scrupulously reconsider if you're kind of overextending yourself. And uh, because again, the, the code of Jewish law wants us to have these parameters so that we don't come to a place where we're the ones asking for, for charity, right? Um, but then I will say one last thing about the, it's hard to get ahead comment. I just want to remind us all that fulfilling mitzvot is never going to affect our material life. They're not at odds with each other. And those of you who've learned Gate of Trust with me, um, Shara Bitachon know this, and I sort of, I think I mentioned it earlier on today in the episode, but um, I do have a series on YouTube where I go through that entire book, The Gate of Trust. So keep that in perspective, Emily. I know it's hard, but you know, figure out what you're going to give. Are you going to give 20% or are you going to give 10% or something in between? If you're not able to give 20%, no one said to have to. Like I said, 20% is for the wealthy according to the code of Jewish law. And then also obviously do that because that's what we do as Jews. And even if it's irrational, right? But we do it because it's not not our money. So we, we, we wouldn't touch it. But then we add in the natural stuff because we have to do the natural stuff. And that is to put some money aside for savings before you start spending and paying everybody else who needs to get paid, right? And again, trust that God is the one really conducting that whole operation, that whole system. You're just kind of going through the motions and then God takes care of how that's going to work out. All right. So we have another question on investing, but I'm going to wrap it up right here and I'm going to tackle that next week along with hopefully more of your questions because I think this was a lot to digest. Um, so this is going to be a wrap up. I do want you to go check out Recession Proof Your Life. It's again, not your typical personal finance course. We do go through the steps of building a recession proof life, like the savings, the investing, the managing the debt and more. All the natural and technical parts, all you know, all that pertains to the natural order, so to speak, because we have to know this stuff, guys. As well, this is super important, as a big, big dose of the Jewish mindset that we also have to have while we go through those natural, so to speak, motions, right? So that's all at yaeltrush.com forward slash recession proof. Check it out there. And it's only $27 right now, even though if you read a few weeks ago in my newsletter, I had a lot of my business peers saying, you're crazy. This is $127 at least. But hey, here I am doing things completely differently because again, we are different. We are different. We manage money differently. We run businesses differently. We give differently. We live differently. We're just committed to that on Rosh Hashanah, right? When we crowned the king, God, the king of the world, we committed to serve him, to do his will. And that is that will, that blueprint that he's giving us that we're committing to is very often contrary to the quote unquote will of the world, right? To the milieu around us. So let's do it. <laughs> let's be different. All right. 
Next up, there are going to be a bunch of minisodes. I hope I'm going to try to take a break this holiday season, actually, and resume with regular interviews after the holidays. But I will bring you a few things that I just want to leave you with a little dose of inspiration as you're prepping and cooking and all the things. And I will try to be here for Ask Yael again. So send in those questions. Yael at yaeltrush.com or DM me on Instagram at yaeltrush. Have a gemar chatimatovah.